Dustin. I was worried about Dustin ringing in immediately knowing this one. It's okay, we're running long. Ready for tonight's show? It is my pleasure to introduce to you tonight the host of the Quiz Box. He's been on Penn and Teller's School. Let's put your hands together for Eric Tate. Hey, everybody. How you doing? This is Nikki. Did you have a good Christmas? Oh, yeah. It was so good. I spent most of it in the car. Perfect. That's that's the best place to spend Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I spent mine inside of a bottle of scotch. This sounds more fun than a car. Well, welcome to the Quiz Box, the only game show where real comedians answer real questions to win you real prizes. I'm your host, Eric Tate, and with me as always is our scorekeeper, Nikki Winkleman. Tonight we will select contestants right out of the audience using the raffle tickets that I gave you at your tables. Uh, each contestant is then paired up with one of our comedians who will answer the questions for you. We will meet your comedian panelists in just a few moments. Because right now we have to meet your real host and your real scorekeeper for the quiz box. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome our, uh, our amazing scorekeeper this evening. She has score kept once before and she's here to lay down the law once again. Please welcome Sarah J. Storr. <laughs> It happens frequently. Now, each round consists of three questions, and at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of each round, the contestant with the most points wins. A fa at the end of each round, the contestant with the most points wins a fantastic prize for you, our audience player. The uh, contestant with the least amount of points is going to be giving you a heartfelt apology as to why they weren't good enough to win you a prize. The comedians are also playing against each other in a score that you will see down here. Oh, well, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Positive points at the end of each round will transfer into the comedian's champion score. The comedians can win or lose game score points at the, uh, at the uh, behest of our scorekeeper, but, we'll, uh, but don't worry, these don't affect you, your audi uh, our uh, audience. I just, no, I can't read this. Um, uh, comedians can lose or gain game score points at the discretion of our scorekeeper, but we'll see that a little bit later. But these scores don't affect you, our audience contestants. You'd think we'd have it memorized after four years. Nope, we don't. No, nope, we still have a piece of paper, and it's hard to read because I once wrote something on the back. Um, you can edit that out for a podcast. The Quiz Box is also a podcast. <laughs> Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, and, and Google. Google. Uh, lastly, to make the game fair for everyone, please do not shout out answers from the audience or heckle the comedians. Uh, let's meet our comedians. And with that, let's turn it over to Nick Glasser to introduce our comedians. I'd just like to remind everybody here, because I don't know if all of you have been following this show for so long, but I am the very first champion of the Big Bad Quiz Show. 
back when it first started. I've won this show a lot of times, and now I've upgraded all the way to host. I'm really excited about it, and I am really, really excited about the panel that we have tonight. Uh, our first comedian coming to the stage. The current reigning champion of the quiz box, ladies and gentlemen, coming back to defend his title. Can I get a round of applause for the one and only Mr. Tony Steinbach? Our next comedian panelist coming to the stage, a regular here at the Quiz Box. The guy who's done it a lot of times. I played against him before. I am happy to try and stump him tonight. Give me a round of applause for Mr. Dustin Meadows. Yeah. Our next comic panelist coming up uh, has never played the game before, so we're going to have to explain a couple of the rules to him. I think he might figure it out. You've already met him once tonight. He is the normal host of the show. Give it up for Mr. Eric Tate. Woo! Just very excited to be here. And, of course... Our final, fi our final panelist of the night, our regular scorekeeper at the quiz box, the most regular you can possibly be here at the shadow box. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Nikki Winkleman. I've won quiz box, I think, three times in, what, five, six appearances. I've been here a lot. I've done okay. I've done all right. Yeah, I've won three times, too. I've won three times, too. Oh, I've won four times, then, actually. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I just want to say real quick, um, to answer for points, the comedians must ring in using their noisemakers in front of them. Let's hear everyone's noisemaker and their name. Uh, I'm Tony, and my noisemaker sounds like this. I'm Dustin, and this is my sound noise. Wow. I'm Eric, and I make this noise. Oh, God. That sounds like you have an advantage. <laughs> this is mine. I'm Nikki Winkleman. Great. Uh, a point to Eric for having a real big bell. <laughs> That's well done. We're going to be playing these rounds. We're going to do a three or four rounds of trivia. Each correct answer is a gain of two points. Each incorrect answer is a loss of a point. The comedian, oh, we already did this, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah they did. gave me different rules about what they were going to say and what they didn't say. I think you've I'm read sorry. everything on this paper, though, haven't I you? I have, yeah. yeah. But we don't need this paper anymore, ladies and gentlemen. For the record, I think you're doing a great job. Thank you so much. Was that to me or to That was to both of you. I think you're doing an even better job. A point to Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> all, you, all you guys have to do is say the catchphrase and then start the game. With that, the catchphrase play again. The thing. We're gonna play the thing. The do the, the do the whatever. That's not it. This is a terrible uh, mistake. What, what time done? is it? Tool time. So, are you actually ready to play this game? I'm ready to play this game. Ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's quiz box. So satisfying hearing someone else say it. Now, as you see, there is actually a quiz box, which I did not have access to when I was writing these questions. I wrote all the questions tonight. Me and Sarah are the only people who have seen these questions. None of these guys know. They didn't help us write the questions at all. But I didn't have access to the quiz box to actually put them in. So I'm going to open up right now the one and only Quizzalope, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wow. should, should we draw contestants? 
He's going to open the Quizzalope. And this is not your show tonight, Nikki. Calm down. It's still my show. <laughs> Again, I think you guys are doing great without all the micromanaging. A point for Dustin. <laughs> but all that being said, Nikki is correct, though. We do need some contestants. I one of you guys is going to win something this round. Four of you are going to have a chance to win something this round, and we're going to find out which four of you that is right now. Tony, why don't you go ahead, reach to the bucket of people, and pull out our first contestant for the day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my first contestant is 224079. 079. 224. Right there, right there, hand. What's your name? Ruth. That starts with an R. <laughs> Dustin, who are we playing for tonight? Uh, I will be playing this round for 224086. Oh, right here. Oh! Yeah. What's your name? Dolly. With a J. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's my roommate, and that also starts with an R. <laughs> Very good. Tony can spell. Yeah. Uh, I am playing for the, uh, the exceptional 224102. Anyone. Two, two, four, one, zero, two. Oh, well, there you go. I see a hand hey. back there. You're going to have to be real loud. What is your name? Martha. Martha. Yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> no, it's no, not close enough. Right. Is, is it Marsha? Yes. Marsha. Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Got it. So, so not Martha. <laughs> not Martha. All right, we'll toss out that bit then. <laughs> I'm playing for 224087. Oh, yes. Right over here. Yeah. What's your name? Kara. Kara with a K. Perfect. <laughs> You're crushing it, Sarah. <laughs> this is my scorekeeping voice and also my sex talk voice. <laughs> I can't help but mimic it. Okay, a point for you. Okay. <laughs> Falling behind, Tony. I'll follow behind anything. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring any attention to it. This is also my sex voice. You can't win points. Uh, but we have four contestants. We have four panelists. I got a whole bunch of questions in my hand. I think the only thing left to do is to play this game, ladies Let's and gentlemen. Yeah. We're going to ask our first question. I wrote a lot of these questions. Sarah wrote some of these questions. This is some fun stuff. The category for round one, question one, is Sarah has been watching too much RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> is, is there such a thing as watching too much RuPaul's there Drag Race? We'll find Tony out over the course of the night. The question is, the reality show, RuPaul's Drag Race, is known for its over-the-top emphasis on creativity, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. But besides the typical reality show lockdown contestants are subject to, such as no phone access or access to the outside world, the queens are also all issued the same handicap. What is that handicap? Is it being on whatever network they're on? Oh, burn. I'm just I'm saying I was, I was on network TV, and I think they're on cable. Do they remove their legs? That's you, you a physical handicap. You think they're physically handicapped? Yes. 
I feel like that's an advantage in some ways, though. Are, are they For awful? walking a catwalk? <laughs> I've never seen no, the probably wheelchair not that challenge. Way. It's hard to do your little walk on the catwalk without legs. It's much easier to wheelchair race, though. And uh, you can wheelchair race with legs. He's not wrong. You can. But why would you? <laughs> why not? I mean, you bring up a valid point. Have you guys ever seen wheelchair rugby? It's, it's super fucking cool, isn't it? It is crazy. That's it. Is it they're not allowed to lip sync? That is not the correct answer. As a matter of fact, at a lot of points during this show, lip syncing is highly encouraged. I've never seen it. In fact, required. Okay. I don't, have you ever been to a drag show? I just got booed at my own show. <laughs> <laughs> a point for Nikki for getting booed at her own show. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Drag queen shows are bar none the best lip syncers on the face of the planet. It's just a fact. It's just a fun fact. I don't, I don't bring comedy to this show. I just bring true facts. That's why you're usually the host. Yeah. <laughs> Over here, I think we're supposed to be funny. Damn it. I think we're failing. Wait, so, they're, so they're all issued the same handicap? They all like, issued the same handicap. From the very beginning of the show or like per episode? From the very beginning of the show. So it- every episode has the same handicap? Correct. Is it like oh. a is it like a thing that's like known on the show? Like they go on and then like they're like everyone's gonna have a handicap this season, or is it like before the show they take them all into like a dark and smoky room and they're like, okay, we know that you know who assassinated Kennedy, but we can't tell anyone. So like your handicap is to like not let the truth out there about how the Earth is flat and that the Illuminati runs everything. I like the idea that they don't know what it's gonna be, and it's kind of like um, you're, I'm gonna get this wrong, but is it Iron Chef America where they pull up the thing? like the handicap at the beginning or like the ingredient that they have to use where it's like everyone is going to have to perform their drag performances but using these sponges you know I would watch the shit out of that show Tony um, Tony gets secret points for an episode 10 reference (laughs) thank you Nikki gets rung in again is it no spanks Oh. <laughs> no it, is, it, it is not no spanks. Because that's that's that would be a handicap in my daily life. It, is there a handicap that their parents walk in during filming and just shake their heads and sigh? <laughs> Yo. I mean that's a pretty big handicap. Yeah, but it was too real. <laughs> Eric yeah. brings the facts. I bring realness. <laughs> Hitting us all when it hurts. If I was supposed to bring the comedy tonight, this is going to be a real weird show. Yeah. So, it, so is it like per season or per episode? Or? This is, this is a, an overarching thing so. that everybody knows. Uh, once you are on the show, there's a handicap that everybody is subject to. Uh, uh, Sarah, do you, ha- you want to maybe give them a little bit of hint, nudge in the right direction? Um, yes, everyone has this, and it has to do with um, the opulence of the show. Is it a but? It is not a but. The opulence of the show? Dustin, in what way do you think a butt is a handicap? I don't. That's why I wasn't sure. Oh, Tony's ringing in. Tony's ringing in. Do they have a specific budget of some kind? That is very close, but wrong. Okay. Do it. Oh, that's the big bell. Are they not allowed to use glitter? I've been to a drag show, and that would seem like a giant handicap (laughs) if they weren't allowed to use glitter. Is it no contouring? Oh, no. No. It is most certainly not no contouring. <laughs> T- Tony was in the... Re- 
Go ahead. Is it that they can't use their real hair? Is it no platform high heels? (laughs) Is it that every part of their costume has to be purchased from Marshalls? Did you ring it? Eric's ringing it. Is it it that they're not allowed to use their own costumes? No. They are allowed to use their own costumes. It has... Tony was right. It's not not fiduciary. It's not monetary budgeting. But it is a management of resources. It has a lot to do with the costumes. My next guess was about music. Tony's buzzed in. Do much in like much like in the shows Iron Chef America and other food related shows, do they have like a universal dressing room in the same way they have like a universal kitchen? That's closer, but also room. God damn it. Should we give them the answer? Is that a, a good enough time for the round? I think, I think so. Well, you, yeah. Does anybody have any last answers they want to give before we give this away? I'm going to be real with you. I got no clue. Ooh, Tony's, Tony's ringing in for one last try. Much like in the show Iron Chef America. <laughs> <laughs> do they have to... I don't know where I was going with this. Do they have to compete against like a drag queen that has already made it onto the panel and, like, through winning the series. No, and but I gave you a point for continually mentioning okay, Iron Chef. <laughs> is, this, is this sort of, like, related to, like, uh, a traditional drag queen prep? I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Did Tony get that one wrong? He yes, did he get did. that wrong. Oh, sorry. I'm watching the scorecard. Oh. The Thank scorekeeper you. of scorekeepers it's over here. It's because I have negative five. <laughs> <laughs> She's auditing. Is this, is, this, uh, is this question going to give us uh, a not family-friendly rating on no. iTunes? Absolutely not. No. Let's give them the answer. Yeah. You guys he, ready? Yeah. The yeah. answer is that despite opulent costumes, huge supplies of makeup, and many, many wigs, the contestants are limited to five suitcases apiece. (laughs) They cannot bring more than five suitcases. I was not able to. I wasn't able to determine if they had to be like like airport ready suitcases. I was able to find though. I was able to find that the largest suitcase available for purchase online is the Samsonite Cure 81 centimeter suitcase with a capacity of 138 liters or 36 gallons and is currently on sale for $389. I think I love the image of drag queens pushing suitcases into those like metal barrier things that they have at the airport to make sure it's regulation size. They're like, no, it'll fit. Just give me a second. It'll be fine. I can tell you, as a a magician, five suitcases is a huge handicap for me as well. Yeah. How, for how much for being a magician? <laughs> how much does five suitcases cost if you're like flying Southwest? Because you get charged for like every bag. Is it like more for the how many bags Southwest, you have, or is it the it same actually, charge for every bag? If it is all oversized bags, then it is an additional seventy-five dollars per bag because they only charge seventy-five dollars for overcharged bags. So if you start to multiply that out, I would need a calculator. Okay. How much? Eric's do you been need? on television. <laughs> uh, as someone who's flown on. Southwest, you get a personal bag and a carry-on, so it's true. Do it that way. A point to Dustin for knowing about flying. I've flown three times in my entire life. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) However, in lieu of actually sitting down and determining the actual cost of these, how about we move on to question two? Does that sound like fun? Question number two. (laughs) The category for this is the bird is not the word. Nope. According from a classic song. From Sesame Street's first season in 1969, what is the most remarkable word Big Bird has ever seen, even though he has no idea what it means? 
Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Fun fact, my mom used to call me Snuffleupagus when I was little because I had terrible allergies and couldn't breathe. <laughs> That's, Thanks, a, Mom. that's a, a nice, gentle ribbing for something that could kill you. <laughs> I think that's just a fact. It's a fact. Thanks, Mom. What is, what is, can you give more context to this? Because I can think of a lot of words that Big Bird doesn't know. This is, this is a specific song that Big Bird goes into a long four-minute diatribe singing about how wonderful and remarkable and, and absolutely transformative this word that he has seen on a chalkboard is. And he pronounces it, but he doesn't know what it means. He is learning how to read, but he cannot determine the actual meaning of this word. Is this, the word rhombus. <laughs> this is a 1960 what? And he... 1969. Yeah, math existed. Rhombus would have been valuable. Yeah, he sees it on a chalkboard, right? He sees it on a chalkboard. If it was 1968, then it was probably something like minority representation in media, but with a lot of hyphens. In 1968? In 1969? He's never heard of it. He has no idea what it means. Yeah, Yeah, but that's three. You think you were writing it on a chalkboard? Yeah, no. And also, minority representation in media is four words, and we're just looking for one word, Tony. I am illiterate. Uh, do I have to be able so to pronounce brave. it to get it right? I'm sorry? Do I have to p- be able to pronounce it, or can I just spell it? You c- I th- I'd like you to at least attempt at pronouncing it. If it's clear that you are trying to pronounce the word that I'm thinking of, I think I'll give it to you. <laughs> Nikki's rung in. Abdig. F. Dig. <laughs> Jeff Gerwiskovitz. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V. We're going to go ahead and give it to Nikki Winkleman. She just got it right. I don't know how to pronounce that. The, the word, according to Bitbird, is Abkadef Kijekomnop Kwerstuvwixes. That's it. Oh, God, That's I remember it. that now. And it is the alphabet. That is a uh, dumbass yeah. bird. It is a dumbass bird. <laughs> it's a bird that can talk, Dustin. And he yeah. figured out how to pronounce it, and I couldn't. <laughs> well, he, uh, he initiated the pronunciation, and we took it as fact. There's a difference. Okay. Have you ever seen an illustration of the puppeteer doing Big Bird? Yes. Oh, it's, God. A, it's amazing and horrifying because he operates the hand with like this. So if you look at like an artist's representation, it's just a dude walking around like this the whole time. <laughs> and, it's, and when I do that around children, they tell me to stop. <laughs> it's not fair. But I've seen it drawn as though the guy inside him was his skeleton and musculature. It's amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> a point to Eric for being such a fucking nerd. <laughs> We are going into question three of round one. Uh, what are the scores looking at right now? Right now, Tony playing for Ruth is at negative three. Nikki playing for Kara, Kara is also at negative three. Eric playing for Marcia is at negative two. And Dustin playing for Jolie is at zero. Whoa. Leading the round. It is still anybody's game. We have one more question. We're going to determine our winner. The, que- the category... <clears throat> is questions I'm not 100% sure Eric hasn't asked me on this show before. (laughs) Now look, I don't think he's asked me this question before. I don't remember him asking this question before. But this is a really good question. It's structurally sound. It's well put together. It's the kind of question that somebody who does this a lot would have written. Is the answer cloaca? The answer is not cloaca. Hey, okay. no. point to Dustin for the hole that does everything. 
If this is a question Eric could have asked, the question, the answer is clearly some kind of animal. Oh, yeah. Uh, no? Not quite. No. The answer, not quite. Is the answer Panamanian golden toad? Is it Abkajevkariskaviz? Just answer all the questions you've ever asked on this show, just in order, see if we get them right. Okay. Okay, all right. But ring in before all of them. Or do you want to hear the question? Let's hear the question. The question is, in the original English version of the Pac-Man arcade game, the four ghosts are named Pinky, Inky, Blinky, and Clyde. Besides the fact that his name does not match the rhyme scheme, what is unique about Clyde? I, I definitely. Clyde, I def- Clyde definitely uh, is the orphan of the ghost. <laughs> Clyde is an orphan. He has no parents. Yeah, no ghost parents. Is he, is he like a ghost child, like a child ghost? No. Wait, are his parents? Wait, are ghost Can, parents just your parents after they're dead? No, I think no, what, I think what Dustin's saying is that Clyde's parents are still alive, and so he's orphaned like, as a ghost child. Yeah, like how Casper uh, lives with his uncles. Like he's a ghost orphan, but his uncles have custody. <laughs> okay. is, is it that Clyde's the only one who's actually interested in being in the game? Uh, is it that he's orange? He is orange, but that is not that is not what I'm talking about here. Tony has rung in. What's your answer, Tony? Clyde is the only one whose programming doesn't respond to what Pac-Man does over the course of the board. He's the one that runs around regardless of what Pac-Man does. His, his programming does respond to what Pac-Man does. Uh, is Oh, that's so loud. Yeah. Is it, uh, is it that Clyde's the only one whose name is not a verb? No. Also, they're all adjectives. Inky. Adjectives. Yeah. Is, I'm going to inky you. <laughs> Sounds horrifying. Is, uh, don't say it again. Is, is Clyde the only one well, I don't who know is... Pinkying uh, is. Pinky you. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Is, don't pinky me. Is yeah. Clyde the only ghost that has cuckolded Mrs. Pac-Man? No. No, he's not. A lot of them have. That's Blinky. What are you talking about? Oh, don't Blinky, Mrs. Pac-Man. <laughs> don't Blinky, Mrs. Pac-Man. Is Clyde the only one who's also a big Smash Mouth fan? None of them are Smash Mouth fans. I almost opened for Smash Mouth once, along with Jolie, uh, but then the lead singer had a heart attack, and we didn't get to do it. Not Steve Harwell. Is that the lead singer of Smash Mouth? You bet your butt it is. Then yes, Steve Mickey Harwell. Mickey is ringing in. I just wanted them to stop talking about Smash Mouth. Fair enough. <laughs> Worth Good the ring. last point. Uh, Good do, ring. Do, does Clyde... Oh, no, that wasn't my answer. What was the answer? Does Clyde move the other direction? <laughs> From the others? Uh-uh-uh. Like they can, all, they can you all clarify a, a little this, more? Like if they all move in a path this way, Clyde moves this way. <laughs> if they zig, he zags? Yeah. Like they all rotate counterclockwise and he rotates oh, so clockwise. You think like Clyde's the only one that breaks the pattern. Yeah. No. Is it that, we're, we're, we're getting is it real that Clyde it. changes directions and the others only move in one direction? So it's not related to his name or his character. Either one of those. Is it, <laughs> you're in the ballpark. Really I don't so, know if so you're not, close enough. Okay, so you're not going to take one away, but you're not going to give it to me. Fair. I'll do that. Oh. Eric is rung in. Is Clyde the only one who's not in Ravenclaw? <laughs> Clyde is, in fact, a Hufflepuff. But that's not the answer I'm looking for. Is Clyde the only one of them that died walking on the sun? You're an all-star, Dustin. God, I wish I was taking away points right now. 
It's so bad. It's just bad. Uh, you, I like it. A, a lot of your answers have been in the right ballpark. It does relate to the way that Clyde moves uh, as opposed to the way the other ghosts move. But you've each said things that I, I couldn't give it to you Is based Clyde on. Is Clyde the only one whose hips don't lie? It's <laughs> not Smash Mouth. <laughs> Uh, no, but it is a reference. Does he have a <laughs> handicap of no legs? <laughs> <laughs> he has a limit of five legs, legs, but he doesn't use any of them. Five Tony, is he limited to uh, five? I did hear Tony <laughs> ring in here. Is he the only one that chases Pac-Man directly? No, he's not. Uh. Say it again. Is he the only one that runs away from Pac-Man? Yes. Ah! Uh. Process of elimination. I definitely haven't asked you that man. question. Uh. I feels like the kind of one that you would have written. I feel like you should be proud of me for this one. It's I, a well-put-together question. I am proud of you for that one. Thank you, Mr. Eric Tate. Clyde is the only Pac-Man, uh, he's the only Pac-Man ghost. In an effort to give all the ghosts unique personalities, the programmers coded each of them to move around the board in different ways. Clyde does, not, does appear to chase Pac-Man, and he does react to the way that Pac-Man moves. However, when he gets too close, he will divert his course to the lower left corner of the game board. And he will never actually directly uh, attack Pac-Man unless you run into him. So Clyde's the only one that's a coward. Exactly. That's he why he's is called a ghost. Clyde. <laughs> a and that if I ever heard. Yeah. fuck Clyde's, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he Clyde's out there tonight. Because fuck you, that's is it, why. Is it also the mark of a coward if you're the only one who hasn't rang in during the round? No, that's actually the mark of a winner, I think. <laughs> I'd say, uh, I don't have Sometimes. negative points, so uh, eat my whole ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a coward and a winner are the same thing. And with that is the end of round one. Let's find out who our winner is. Our winner for the round is Dustin playing for Jolie, since Dustin never rang in, and he is a coward with zero points. <laughs> Tied for second place is Tony and Nikki with negative three, and... In very last place and needing to issue an apology to Marsha with negative four is Eric. Oh, and I have prizes. Ooh. What has she won? I don't know. They're from our sponsor, Dusty Dewey's Knickknack Shack. Dusty, Dusty Dewey's Knickknack Shack, a totally Jolie real place. Dusty has won something really wonderful and also terrifying. <laughs> This is Tony Steinbeck on um, a, a penny farthing bicycle. Yeah. Is that Clyde before he became a ghost? <laughs> That's how he became the ghost. He fell off that stupid bike with the weird differently shaped wheels. And lost his legs. <laughs> and the rest of you get dum-dums for being drawn out of a bucket randomly. Oh, don't, don't, doesn't Jolie get something else? She gets an envelope with tickets. Gone. <laughs> You're going to be a very non-controlling mother, Nikki. Oh, my kid has no chance. <laughs> Sarah's going to go out and deliver our happy. prizes. As she does so, our loser for the round, Mr. Eric Tate, is going to issue his first apology in quiz box history. Eric, go ahead and take it away. Marcia, is this your first time at the quiz box? Oh, my oh, goodness. Okay. okay. Well, I, I have to apologize to you because uh, I, I, I take great pride in putting this show together and not coming out on top in the very first round has, has really uh, eaten a big hole in my heart because I wanted you to win something. Um, and so I, I've brought you a very special gift. Uh, so you're actually going to get a copy of this DVD, Magic Tricks Fast and Easy, uh, by Eric Tate. And the rest of us would also like to apologize to you, Marsha. 
This is a great gift for the holidays, and I know what you're thinking. Hey, the holidays are already passed. What am I going to do with this DVD for the, the rest of the year? Well, you can tear it open and watch it, and then actually in the DVD, I teach you how to reseal it back up so no one will know <laughs> that you've already been inside the DVD. And, uh, and I just wanted, I, I'm just so sorry that you have to watch this, because also when I filmed it, I was pretty drunk. <laughs> Uh, so it's only available uh, on Amazon um, and on Netflix, but it's yours. Would you like me to deliver it? Can you, can you please? I just don't feel like myself without delivering prizes. <laughs> it's only available on one of the world's most prominent streaming services and online stores. Yeah, but it's, it's very expensive on Amazon because it's out of print. And on Netflix, you have to subscribe to the actual DVD service. <laughs> And I don't want to put you through that. It's only available uh, in ubiquity. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Betamax version is going to be coming out soon. I'm very excited about that. But It's uh, not available on PenguinMagic.com? It's not available. Which is the home not. of Ultra Lucky. It's only Prime. available on Amazon. It is quite expensive. That's a collector's edition right there. I recommend not unwrapping it or using it or watching it in any way. Keeping it pristine <laughs> for posterity's sake. Something to give your grandkids. Also makes a great beer coaster. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I will teach you how to juggle if you don't learn magic. So just <laughs> please keep that That's in mind. That's a great deal. Hey, it's time for round two. We're going to need four new contestants. We got that bucket of people. We're going to have all our contestants, all our panelists pick their ticket. Nikki Winkleman, who was our first lucky player? 224110. We got 224110 somewhere out there. Where is it? All right, it? tell everyone your name. Lisa. 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 L. <laughs> Eric, who are you playing for tonight? I'm, I'm playing for 224106. <laughs> right hey. over there, sitting What's next to What's your name? Jonathan. 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 With Jonathan. an H or no? Uh, Brian, I, I think I would probably How'd... perform better if I had a scotch on the rocks. I think I would perform better if Eric has a scotch on the rocks. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm performing just fine, but I could use a mellow yellow. I would like a gin and ginger ale, please. I will perform worse, but I don't mind. And I would like a bottle of your worst beer. <laughs> also, I do want to ask, how do you spell Jonathan without an H? Don't you need the H to go to the th part? <laughs> One H. So it's not two H's. Got it. Trick question. Dustin, you're playing for somebody. Who is it? I am playing for 224070. What's your name? Keely with a K. Okay, I'm just going to put K. <laughs> Keely. And Tony. Uh, I am playing for 224118. 224118. What's Hello. your name? Beth with. Uh, <laughs> Nick, would you like to hear our champion points before we go into round two? I would love to hear our champion points before we go into round two. Great idea, Sarah. We've got Nikki with five, Eric with five, Dustin with six, Tony with six. Wow, high scoring game. Give it up for all our oh. contestants for earning these points. And let's see if we can get a few of them to lose some points. Thanks, also, man. Give it up for D Rock. Uh, for give it up, up for D Rock. Put the stuff up here. Did he? Did he ask for your oh, first goal? Good choice. More importantly than giving it up, uh, give that man money when you close out. So yeah, woo. 
Kitchen. Very true. Question one of round two, the category. Sarah spends too much time watching RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> is this revenge for that time that I made you answer all the Sabrina the Teenage Witch questions? Yes, it is. Damn it. <laughs> this is expertly crafted revenge. Good call. Thank you, Dustin. Point to you. The question is, most of the filming on RuPaul's Drag Race takes place in the workroom, spelled W-E-R-K, where contestants compete in challenges, sew costumes, spill the tea, and beat their faces. Despite the name workroom, however, there's one important element to many challenges in the workroom that does not, in fact, work. What is it? I'm sorry, can you repeat? Yeah. What? There's something in the room that doesn't work? Despite the, the name workroom, there is one important element to many challenges in the workroom. It's an element to the workroom that does not work. What is it? Is it sexual harassment dynamics that baby boomers wouldn't completely understand? <laughs> no, those work just fine, Tony. Point to Tony. Is it the expression spill the tea? Because I don't know what the fuck that means. I've never. This is one of Sarah's questions, so I don't either, spill actually. Spill the tea means to gossip. Let oh, it all to gab. Out. Yeah. To dish. Yeah, oh, some hot like what we around. do when Sarah's not around. Uh, that's what you do. I have nothing but respect for Sarah J. Store. <laughs> yeah, point. I'm just saying, I didn't see you at TBD last week, Eric Tape. I, I wasn't here because uh, I was busy. Because you were uh, doing Penn and Teller again? No, 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 no. I was, I was busy, like, getting something together for your birthday. My birthday that was a month ago? <laughs> it's for your next birthday. It's a very long process. I'm painting you something very special. It's his penis. <laughs> it is, in fact, Dustin's penis. It's, it's fine. I wouldn't say it's very special. Nikki is rang in. Is Nikki. what doesn't work Dustin's penis? <laughs> Two points to Nikki. As the uh, owner and proprietor of that penis, uh, I can assure you that's not the case. I'm sorry. I was just trying to bring it back on top. It works, but it's W-E-R-K. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it works, like, really well. Yeah, exactly. It can get it. <laughs> Dustin knows how to make a penis twerk. I have a, I have a question I'm, about the show. Yeah. Uh, do they, are they given instructions in the room by RuPaul when RuPaul is not in the room? What? No. What? No? Okay. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't actually understand what we're talking about. Will you read the question again, please? So there's something in the room that doesn't work. What is it? It's fundamental to some challenges. It, it, it's an important room for the show. A lot, of, a lot of shots for the show are done in this room, and there is an element to the room that does not work. Is it the track lighting? No. It's not the track lighting. Is it, a, is it the sewing machines? No. Is it the electrical outlets? It is not the electrical outlets. Is the it the letter O, and that's why they have to use an E in work? <laughs> solid, solid. Solid, is it, is, it no. is room also spelled with E's? Uh, is it work ream? Is it, <laughs> oh, work ream? is it their entire goddamn maintenance department? Because how many seasons is this show in now? It's something that doesn't work? So it's, in it's integral to some of the challenges. Mm -hmm. Not all of the challenges, though. Correct. What kind of challenges so. is it not integral to? Like a dance challenge. Is it, a, is it the, the music player? 
like a stereo mm. iPod MP3 device? It is not. No. I thought I had it, but how does a how does a stripper oh! pole not work? It's it is the stripper pole. The stripper pole doesn't work. It's not real. Wow, stereotype drag queens as strippers. No. <laughs> no, no but pole dancing pole, pole dancing, dancing is, is a valid art form. Yeah, it's it's an important uh, type of uh, physical exercise and art form. And if it's not secured correctly, your girlfriend can fall down. And sex work is work. That's okay. true. That's true. Tony, I had you with an E. <laughs> Tony, you were ringing in earlier. You got stepped on by Eric. So you can't take it back, but did you want to ring in? Did you have an answer? I did have an answer, and now I'm thinking about pole dance, pole dancing. I don't know. Hold on. Give me a minute. Fair enough. Sarah, you think it's time for a clue? Yeah, we can give a clue. <clears throat> I think I got a good clue for this one. Okay. It's a, it's a kind of, this is one of those places, a lot of like a, a reaction shots and pull-away shots and interviews of the queens are done in this room where they're all asked to wear the same outfit every time they do these. For the sake of continuity, this non-working item is, is another continuity choice for these shots. It's a, mi it's a mirror. It is not a mirror. Oh. Well, smart, God. though, Eric. Good job. Well, you're yeah, you're pretty does, smart. Maybe that's why you've won the show so many times. Thanks. Nikki. Is it the, the soundproofing in the confessional so that all of the other queens can hear what they're saying about them? Oh. No, that's not it. Okay. Tony's running in. Is it a clock? It is the clocks. Oh. With an L. <laughs> the, the, the clecks. And three E's. <laughs> <laughs> the clocks, in order to avoid continu continuity issues and other filming hiccups, none of the clocks in the workroom actually run, which means that if there has not yet been a Captain Hook-themed queen on that show, I think I've finally figured out how I'm going to get on TV. Because <laughs> he, he hated clocks that worked. I would be... I got the I joke. I thought it was very so funny. Much Thank you very much. to watch you do a Captain Hook drag queen thing <laughs> on national television. Can I, can I you say can that... You borrow my costume. <laughs> my, I've, I've never met a drag queen with this name, but I've always thought it would be the best drag queen ever. It was just like a historically themed drag queen named Lace Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to, can I give out points? I can give out points, right? I'm the host. I'm going to give out points whether I'm allowed to or not. I'd like to give a point to everybody but Nikki for complimenting my Captain Hook drag queen idea. <laughs> I just hadn't gotten to it yet. It's fair. I, I think it's dynamite. I think ah. it's super dynamite. This seems forced. Are you, Are you doing a Captain Hook pun there because he was killed with dynamite in an alligator? Was he? <laughs> I don't think that. I, I, I don't think that's any of the versions. I, uh, I feel it's a version that I'm writing and filming myself. I think if you did that drag, you would have a great hook. <laughs> Am I allowed to take away points? No. <laughs> no, you're not. All right. Let's move on to round two. Question two. The category is animal profanity. Oh, I got this. Is it booby? Blue-footed booby? Booby, like the breast, but also the bird. Is, is it titmouse? Titmouse. Good one, Dustin. High five me. It's obviously fuck rat. Ah, my Damn. least favorite of the rats. <laughs> In the movie Snakes on a Plane, Samuel L. Jackson plays a federal marshal who has, and I quote, had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. I didn't ask if I was allowed to say that on this podcast, but I just did. The question is, what does he dub over that line in the TV edit of the movie? Oh, and what is the edit? Do you uh, know I believe it's one variation of uh, monkey fighting snakes on this Monday, Friday plane. He got it exactly right. Wow. Wow. I was actually really worried that I flipped them. 
did you just oh. come at this podcast with B-movie <laughs> trivia questions with this man on? I was assuming that he had not watched the movie on regular network cable. I know he had seen the movie in theaters and on DVD and perhaps also Blu-ray. So let me that get would straight. be like coming on here with NFL football-related questions towards me. <laughs> You've been talking to somebody, you haven't you? specifically <laughs> avoided writing any animal questions so that I wouldn't get anything right. And then you put shitty pop culture on here so Dustin would win. Technically, that was an animal question, too. It was an animal question. Two animals, even. Monday to Friday, snakes is actually the Latin name. <laughs> <laughs> We're going into question three around two. But first, is, let's it, is this why you posted on Facebook about Cobra Starship today? No, I just really <laughs> genuinely, legitimately like that song. <laughs> Shout out to Jerry Glendening for seeing this movie opening weekend in the theater with me. He's here tonight. Show him some love. You guys, too. It's weird if just us do it, so clap for him. (laughs) Guys, we're moving into question three, but first let's check in with the game score, see where we're at. Sarah? We've got Eric and Nikki with negative three for the round. We've got Tony with one, and Dustin playing for Keeley with two. Man, Dustin, good job. All right. The last question of the round. The category is guys who probably also fly around the world in a balloon. Wait, also? Also. <laughs> like, in addition to? In addition to. This is either a Virgin Airways question or a Jackie Chan question. Close. Or Steve Coogan. Andre Borschberg holds the world record for longest continuous solo airplane flight, staying aloft and at the controls of his one-person plane from June 28th until July 3rd of 2015. Because of the way time zones work, it was technically a Sunday-to-Friday plane. (laughs) Thank you. That is the best kind of pedantry. (laughs) How was he able to fly continuously for 117 hours and 52 minutes? He was attached. He peed out the window. (laughs) That's what I was going to (laughs) say. We have the same brain. You guys have flown spirit before, I see. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, this is a a hot air balloon, just to clarify. This this was an actual plane. And not like a, oh, a plane. Wait a minute. He he has the record for planes across all categories of planes, but but it was a plane that he used, and he stayed aloft and at the controls continuously for 117 hours and 52 minutes. Was this, How? Was this very recently? It was, it was, it was not very recently. 2017, 2016? 2016, yes. Oh. Nikki's running. Cocaine. <laughs> but in the plane's engine. Yeah, but, uh, but also in him so he could stay awake to fly it. Yeah. I can, I can neither confirm nor deny that he was coked up for this flight. Well, so I don't think we can take away for... a point for okay, that, well... but it's not the correct answer. Eric, I heard yours first. Is this the solar plane that was sponsored by all the different companies, like Covestro provided... Uh, polymer stuff because it was it was flying around the world i i I, i'm gonna give it to you it was a privately funded project but it was a solar powered plane and uh that's how it's able to stay aloft without refueling that's how did he stay awake (laughs) i don't know how he stayed awake with the excitement of solar energy did he have the like inflatable autopilot from the movie (laughs) airplane (laughs) 
but he just had to inflate it. Is there, yeah. is there any information on how many times he's saying 99 bottles of beer on the wall to pass the time? No, there's many, not. There is information, though, that he blew out the batteries on the plane a little more than halfway through the trip. So three days into a five-day trip above the Pacific Ocean, his check engine light went on, and he had no text, no, no, no AAA. How many suitcases was he allowed to have? <laughs> how many solar-powered snakes were on that Friday to Sunday plane? Is that right? It's Friday All Sunday. snakes are solar-powered, Tony. All of them. 100% Damn, of the snakes. Yeah. If it's the plane I'm thinking of, the plane is really amazing because the wings are tremendously long. It is an extraordinarily ungainly plane to fly. It's just a giant wing with a dude in a hammock underneath it. <laughs> he, and he, he was in it for five days? Oh, it's insane. He was yeah, in it look. for a lot longer. It, it, was, it was 117 hours of continuous flight, but concluding the repairs over the course of a year, he completed the first circumnavigation of the world in a solar-powered plane. Uh, so Eric gets the, the game points for that. That ends round two. Where are our scores at, Sarah? Well, in last place, and owing an apology to Lisa, is Nikki with negative four, uh, followed by Eric with negative one. Tony playing for Beth had one point, and the winner of this round Damn. is Keely. Dustin got her two points. She wins a snow... Whoops. A snowman in drag. Oh, hell yeah. And tickets from Shadowbox Live. Please visit shadowboxlive.org for more information. Very much. Sarah, go ahead and distribute those prizes. And Nikki, we need an apology for Lisa. And it better be heartfelt. Lisa, I... I can see you. Hi, Lisa. Lisa, this is your first time here at the Quiz Box, correct? I am so sorry that this is your first time here and you ended up uh, needing an apology from me. Have you been to any other shows here at Upfront? You have not. Um, I would recommend seeing a show on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesdays with Mac and Winks, every Tuesday here at Upfront. Um, great, great entertainment, uh, including a show on uh, January 8th, uh, where you're going to see um, a lot of singers from Shadowbox doing, doing music here on this stage. The following Tuesday, there's going to be a roast of Disney princesses. Uh, the Tuesday after that, there's going to be sketch comedy with actual wolves. Uh, the Tuesday after that, there's going to be a magic battle with Eric Tate and Michael Kent. Um, just I'm going to win that one. A lot of great programming on Tuesdays. But I, I also highly, highly, highly recommend coming here on Wednesdays for Hashtag Comedy Night. Uh, the, the point. Hashtag Comedy is just top-notch. It's the best improv comedy you're going to see here in the city and probably in the world. Uh, there's one particular female that is just the funniest person I've ever met Sarah or seen on stage. Amy Poehler, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Point taken from Eric. She all, there's, there's also wonderful improv classes you can take here at Upfront, also run by a, a very talented uh, improviser. There's TBD the Musical every other Friday here. Um, and then if you're still hungry for more comedy, go to The Shrunken Head every Monday for an open mic night. <laughs> go ahead and give Nikki an extra point there. It was a bit run on, but she remembered all the important things. I said I, was, I said I was sorry at the beginning. I'm still sorry. I'm, thank you, Lisa, for coming to the quiz box. Right. And I apologize for losing. 
We are going into round three of the quiz box. I'm looking at the time. I think this is going to be our last round, I think. It's about oh, wow. 9 o'clock right now. Uh, yeah. All right. So we're going to have one more round of the quiz box, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have to. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. Can I, before I you didn't actually you're doing great, I'm sorry I snapped at before, you. You were correct. You, fixed, you, you, you helped me out there. Uh, I owe you an apology, and I'm not going to give it right now. But we are going to go ahead and pick our next contestants out of the bucket of people. Before you get to the scores, can I say, I, you're doing a great job hosting, and I have never been on this side of the panel, and I did not realize how hard you guys have it, especially with me like being such an overbearing prick all the time. And I just want to apologize to both of you. for, And, and it's really impressive how many times you both won. I think it's weird that you just called them both overbearing pricks in that. Where you're like, especially with me, I understand how it is. Wrong, you though. should take many points from him. I just think it's great how natural you two are at this. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets a point. No. It's really the mark of a good host that they don't respond to blatant suck-ups. I plug their go? shows. <laughs> Okay, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's pick some tickets. Let's pick some tickets. We do have to pick our winners, our players, our potential winners, the people from the bucket. He's very selective with that ticket. Tony, which number did you select right there? Oh, that's cool. It's one less than the one I had before, so whoever that is, go for it. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> two, two, four, one, one, seven. Me! You! What's your name? You? Excuse me? <laughs> it's with an E. With an E. E. With technically two of them. Folks, give it up for Emma in our contestant. Show us some love. Dustin Meadows, what name are you playing for? What number uh, are you playing for? I'm we'll playing find out the name for later. Uh, 224093. 093. Where are you? Genevieve. Genevieve. Oh, gee. There you go. I did it. With, uh, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing for 224121. Hey, what's your name? Oh, Pat! Pat! That man looks amazing in a neckerchief. For our podcast listeners, he's not currently wearing one. (laughs) That's a man I see tagged on Facebook all the time and have no idea who he is. But I'd love to meet up after the show, Pat. It's, it's Pat Deering. You can't get points for sucking up to Pat Deering. It's, it's future Senator Pat Deering. I'm trying to make a friend. 224085. Right up front. Right it's up Lyle. Front. Lyle. Everybody Lyle knows your name. But say it out loud one more time. Lyle. Lyle. Go ahead and put him on the board there. We got our contestants. We got the score. Hey, can you tell us where our, 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 our champion score is at before we start this round? Yes, Tony earned one point from the last round, which puts him at 11. Dustin earned two, which puts him at 12. Eric is at eight, and Nikki is also at 12. Wait a minute. So Nikki's ahead of me? She is. I, we, we, I was, we were playing as Team Quizbox, but I'm, uh, I'm fucking, <laughs> fucking done with this. This is so we're going to add their points together and have them average it out, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> not on the same team anymore. I am on Team Suspicious Wizard. I am changing teams. <laughs> oh, man. Did you just heel turn on the quiz box? I did. I just heel turned on her. Because, no, it's all it's, I'm against you now. This it's is... a little tacky to wear shirts that promote your own show, isn't it? That, I don't have another one. Nobody has seen my movie. show. My it's tacky to wear shorts that promote your own show. Shirts all say my name on them. It was a joke. So laugh in retrospect. Round three, question one. One, ladies and gentlemen, the category is Sarah has watched criminal amounts of RuPaul's Drag Race. 
What's the charge? Too much fun? RuPaul's Drag Race is often heralded as a show that breaks boundaries while kindly and thoughtfully showcasing and telling the stories of the contestants. Despite this positive reputation, Drag Race has something in common with one of America's with, with one of American history's most notorious criminal families. What is it? Did RuPaul kill a president while attending a play? <laughs> he did. He did not. Is it Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clyde? <laughs> No. Most notorious criminal families. Yes. Tony did ring in. By accident. I don't want to ring in. You've but already like rung in. You have to go ahead. You can, you can not answer, but we're going to take a point away if you don't. So you okay, might as well I'm say something. I'm definitely going say to the answer. Sopranos. And what I'm going to answer with is that RuPaul was killed and is mysteriously buried somewhere in Chicago, and nobody knows where it is. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, great. Thanks to the Jimmy Hoffa fans out yeah, there. Former union, <laughs> former union boss RuPaul. Yeah, for former the, union boss Did RuPaul. RuPaul's sister star in a very poorly timed Pepsi commercial? Uh, no. <laughs> the Kardashians are criminals, is what I'm saying. I see. Every he, one of them. Is he related to Ron and Rand Paul, and politicians are the real criminals? I'm uncomfortable. Uh, uh, RuPaul has released music, as has the Manson family. They have. Make it wake Is it the Manson family? Is it Charles Manson? It is, is it the Manson family, but what we're asking, I'll give you that. That's the clue. It is the Manson family they have something in common with. What we're asking is what they have in common oh, with the, with the I'm family. I'm sorry. I misunderstood the question. I thought you were looking for the criminal No, family. I'm looking for what they have in common, why they are connected uh, to what we now know is the Manson family. Oh. Like the Manson family, RuPaul has also developed a strong personality cult that he can convince to do anything. <laughs> that is accurate. It's, it, it's, it's not wrong. <laughs> It's not what we're going for. Did RuPaul also kill Sharon Tate? <laughs> That'd be a weird timing thing, honestly. Nikki. Were they friends with the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's just that's a thing that the Manson. No. Did, did RuPaul blame a murder spree on Helter Skelter? <laughs> Does RuPaul have something? carved into their forehead that we're unaware of? Upon asking this question, it becomes clear to me that I can neither confirm nor deny a lot of things about RuPaul's past. <laughs> but no, none of those are what, what RuPaul's Drag Race has in common with the Manson family. So it's not RuPaul, it's the whole show that has something in common. It's the RuPaul's Drag Race, specifically the show that has something in common with the Manson family. I'm going to have to go back to Strong Personality Cult. I'm just going to have to get on Wikipedia for a second. Hold on. <laughs> no! Okay. Bad Tony. Is, uh, is Drag Race filmed on the former site of the Manson family compound? Oh, my yes. God. I hope that's true. What? Oh! <laughs> it's, it's not exactly on the site of the compound, but we're going to go and give it to you. It's been, for the, some time now, the Drag Race has been taped on the soundstage in the same town, Simi Valley, California, which was home to the Charles Manson family and where they, where they did a lot of their music. I mean, I lived in Simi Valley for a while. Did yeah, yeah. You, you also murdered people. Did you ring in? I did ring in. You oh. did. You're so brave. With courage. I, I'm very brave. You're not a coward at all. Never. <laughs> the real coward. Quit was trying to make friends. I, I'm just. I'm really far behind. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make friends if you already are. 
<laughs> that was cute. Point to Dustin for being cute. All right. I'm very sincere. And very sincere. Where was the One place? point for both, though. Cena Valley? Simi Valley. Valley, California. I went to a okay. pool party there. It's also the time. home of the Rodney King trial and where a lot of the, the Gunsmoke television show was filmed. So basically, don't go to Simi Valley. No. Unless, Unless you know you someone with a pool, famous. which I did. What did Rodney King and the Manson family have in common would have been a very different question. <laughs> would have been more open-ended, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it would have been terrifying. <laughs> question God, number two. To fuck with Eric with. Question number two. The category is hot outfits. Sale store. Hooray. That'll be a trade right there. In 2011, New York designer Andrew Schneider invented and manufactured a very small, very limited run of a solar-powered phone charger with the photovoltaic cells installed directly into the fabric of what kind of clothing? Is this a solar-powered clothing item? item? Is this a solar-powered clothing item? What clothing item is it? Was it a yarmulke? Is, <laughs> is it worn on RuPaul's Drag Race? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ring in and, and ask if it was a yarmulke. It was not a yarmulke. Damn it! That would have been a really good answer. Though. That would have been yeah, a great but answer. He got, he got all quiet. What would a solar-powered yarmulke do? It would charge your phone. Yeah, and it, it's on your head, so it's close to the sun. Yeah, That's what I was going with. Oh, so does, ben- does the solar power do something to the article of clothing, or does it do something to the, something else? Can the, the, you the, use the, it? the clothing itself is a phone charger, oh. but, you, but it's a phone charger that you wear as a functional piece of clothing. I think we've learned I'm not a good listener. <laughs> uh, is this something that one of us is wearing now? I hope not. Is it a banana hammock? It is not a banana hammock. Oh, man, I've got a lot of answers. Uh, I think I... Uh, I you know, I'm not sure who I heard first. I'm not sure either. You it can, was a tie. You can, you can get Eric. Is it a, a brassiere? It is not a brassiere. Or a bra. Is it Spanx? It's not Spanx. <laughs> Nikki. Is it a toupee? It is not a toupee. Nikki. Is it a wig? It is not a wig. Nikki. <laughs> I didn't ring in yet. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like advanced, like noticing you were going to ring in again. I'm going ahead and give it to so you. You're is it a space suit? It's not a space suit. I didn't Wait. ring in for that. I didn't ring in for that. When I, you. When I asked if, if <laughs> when I asked if, if, you, if we were wearing it right now and you said you hope not, is this because it was your preference or because it would be unseemly? Both. <laughs> is, it a, is it a ball gag? First of all, you know nothing about my preferences. Uh, everybody's ringing in at once. I do I know a say lot. I had I heard Eric's first. I do know a lot about your preferences. Is it a strap-on dildo? It is not a strap-on dildo. Uh, Tony. Is it? I'm so sorry in advance. Is it a butt plug? It is not a butt plug. That would be that would be so inefficient. That's what I'm saying. Unless you were at a nudist colony. It is not a butt plug, and I'm going to go ahead and drop this hint. It's not a specific sex-related object. (laughs) I I figured it wasn't for what it's worth. I'm out of options. But it has to do with 
It's not one of your preferences. For it's things. something you wouldn't. You would hope we wouldn't be wearing it right now. It's something that you would wear when you're around a whole lot of sun. Eric, is it a sun hat? It's not a sun hat. <laughs> Dustin, is it a visor? It's not a visor. Oh. Tony, is it a swimsuit? I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. It is a bikini. Which is a wait, form wait of swimsuit. A bra could also be a bikini. Only half. No. A bra, a bra is not a... I've seen bras used as bikinis before. Well, aren't we lucky, Eric? Audience! <laughs> My name's Eric. It's audience of 100 people in this room. You sold out crowd, you beautiful people. Does anybody here believe that a bra and a bikini are the same thing? I heard, I heard two yeses <laughs> and 98 noes. Win the crowd, Spartacus. No points for Eric. It was a bikini. Uh, what's my flavor text here? Yeah, his goal was to create a bikini that could collect enough sunlight to power a beer cooler, uh, but he was only able to get enough, enough power to charge a phone. The previews were, however, waterproof enough to swim in while they were not charging anything. I was not able to determine whether or not Andre Borschberg has circumnavigated the globe in one of these bikinis. <laughs> but it is possible. I mean, you, can, you can really turn anything into a bikini. It seems like a one-piece would be more efficient, honestly. Just more space for the sun to hit. You'd wrong. think that, but I, I don't know. I think it might have been an aesthetic choice. On the, on yeah, the... sometimes you want to show some midriff. I mean, that's fine. People's bodies are to do with what they please. Goddamn His right specific choice was to charge a beer cooler? Specifically, he wanted to. This guy sounds like a douche. After he failed at this, <laughs> uh, this guy sounds like he likes to party. Is what Would it you have to like, like sit next to the beer cooler wearing that bikini? That really limits your partying options. Was, was this a study funded by Miller Time? <laughs> You would go out and you would tan and you would be in the bikini and it would collect the sunlight on either side so you could hide the tan in the back, tan in the front, and it had a little USB port coming out that you would plug in to power things. Yes. Does it, so it stored was. the energy? You didn't have to be actively wearing it while charging? Well, hold on. Technically, no, you did not have to be actively wearing it. Huh. Does it come with a Brian who can then bring me a beer? Mm. I don't think so. Would but you get, like, a tan line from where your phone was connected to? <laughs> like, if you set your the phone USB here, your you'd thigh. have, like, a rectangle if, on you. Would, was the, you set it there, yeah. Is the, is the charging cord, like, disguised well enough so that, like, if you weren't charging your phone, it would come off and it would kind of look like a tail so it could also double as cosplay? Man, I really hope this didn't, like, overlap with when those Samsung Galaxy phones were exploding. <laughs> <laughs> Is there another question? Really there is like another question. So many questions. We're in round three. This is going to be question three coming up. Uh, before we get to question three, I do want to figure out where our game scores are at right now. Sarah. Yes. In last place is Eric playing for Pat at negative six. Nikki playing for Lyle at negative five. Dustin playing for Genevieve with one. Oh, he's in the lead because Tony has zero. And he's playing for E. I don't want you guys to feel bad. You've only been coming to this show for five years. <laughs> I, just, I knew Pat was playing, and I was hoping that my negative points could earn him negative hot dogs at the wonderful hot dog comedy show. I'm not giving points away on this show. 
Let's go Round on to something three. all of our audience can enjoy hearing about. No, no, please, more inside baseball. Okay. <laughs> Quest, like... Round three, question three. I'm cutting you off. We're getting to this question. The category is Bohemian Rhapsody spoilers. Uh, That's spoiler right. alert, it sucked. He dies in the end. <laughs> he was dead the Freddie Mercury time. is Dumbledore. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't see the movie. <laughs> I am going to, in this question, drop a minor non-plot-related spoiler for the movie. If you don't want to hear it, I, I mean, you, you, you can step outside. It's okay. It's not going to ruin your enjoyment of the movie. If you are part of this show, you are invited to trust me. But I'm not going to do anything that's going to ruin the movie for you. But we are going to be talking about a little bit of what happens within the movie. Anybody want to leave? No. Damn right. I'll tell you right now, those aren't Rami Malek's real teeth. (laughs) But it is a real mustache. I'm fine hearing how history actually happened. (laughs) (laughs) Then don't watch the movie. In the 2018 Queen biopic Bohemian Rhapsody, in theaters now, Mike Myers plays Ray Foster. Queen's first producer who had also worked with Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, and a number of other legendary bands. In the movie, he is a butt of a lot of jokes and even references Myers' role in Wayne's World when upon hearing the titular song, Bohemian Rhapsody, for the first time, he exclaims that it will never be a single and says teenagers can't headbang in their cars to this song. Why did the writers of the movie go so hard on Ray Foster? Why did they go so far and make him the butt of a whole lot of jokes? Tony started ringing in first. I have never seen this movie, and this is a complete guess, but is it because he was the guy that orchestrated Queen to be the only band that played in, the only band that played in apartheid South Africa during the apartheid existence? No. He was a racist is basically what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> was no. he friends with Charles Manson? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is why they went in on him, but that character isn't real. It's not based on, like, it's based on a composite of people, but Ray Foster, as they portray him, doesn't exist. That, that is correct. They, he, they, they, they went way harder than they did on, on a lot of other characters in the movie because he was not a real person. So, Dustin, go ahead and get the points for that. Yeah. He was the only named character in the movie who was just purely made up. His role served the story as an amalgam of industry people who said Bohemian Rhapsody could never be a commercial hit, but Ray Foster is not a real person. Queen's actual producer was concerned about the six-minute runtime, but he did very much like the song. Elton John also told him it was too goddamn long. Well, what does Elton John know about music? Am I right? <laughs> Elton John does know that no, he doesn't know the timing of putting out the Elton John movie. I think. I think he should have waited a few years on that one. <laughs> There's an Elton John movie. It's it's in it's in previews yeah, it's now. Yeah, called Kingsman Two. <laughs> <laughs> He's terrific in it. Man, I really thought you were gonna say it's called RuPaul's Drag Race. But... <laughs> <laughs> we are at the end of round three. We need to find out where our game score is at and see who won and who lost this round. Sarah. Well, unfortunately, Eric will be giving another apology to Pat because he came in with negative six points. Do you have any more DVDs? Nikki came in <laughs> with negative five for Lyle. Tony with negative one for E. And Dustin won the round for Genevieve with three points. <laughs> 
Steve is the proud winner of this cactus LED light. And more tickets from Shadowbox. Please visit www.shadowboxlive.org for more information. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pat, you've been a dear friend for a long time, and I, I know that uh, you're working really hard right now, both with a job and in law school. And uh, and I, I feel like you know you're sort of an unsung hero in uh, in the current uh, uh, community. You do a lot of uh, great activism to to make sure that people know what's important, and also to like make sure that the issues get addressed. And I'm I'm sorry that we weren't able to address some of the issues here, but I, I do have this DVD uh, for you. Uh, uh, and as a matter of fact... They're I, not as rare as I thought, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know that you're super busy as both a, a professional human and a, a, a law student and a future senator, and so I know that you're not going to have a lot of time to do Christmas shopping next year. That's why I actually have three of them for you. <laughs> And, and I also have a copy of my album, Nerd is the New Black. So really, all of your Christmas shopping for next year is done. Uh, and I, I hope that this can really just uh, readjust our friendship. So I'm sorry, Pat. Th these are for you. Eric, why don't you go ahead and deliver them out himself? Yeah, I'm not delivering any more prizes for him. That's a good idea. How have you enjoyed uh, sitting on that side of the panel, Nick? This has been terrifying. Right? Did everybody have a good time? It's a little intimidating. <laughs> that is the end of round three. That is uh, the, the, the end of the quiz box round. We're not going to do another round. That's going to be the end of our show. Uh, before we get to the champion scores, I'd like to take this opportunity to announce that next month, the quiz box will be transitioning to the Nick Glasser show. Uh, <clears throat> hey. No. It'll be two hours long. No. I'll be doing a series of like 16 tight fives all in a row. It's going to be really great. All I've actually, the people I've, will I be... bought my tickets already. <laughs> nice. I've really, I've really enjoyed having you host. Out of an I was hat. unaware of how well you did at the, the first time you hosted. Like, I'd heard that it did, it did good, but we didn't record it. And so I wasn't able to, to actually hear it. That's and right. I was really impressed with how uh, you hosted the show. Let's and hear that's it from you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'd I would like just to, like to I'd say... I'd like to have you back as a host, and I'd also be interested in seeing you scorekeep and having Sarah Storr host the show sometime. I think Ooh. that would be really cool. Yeah. Perhaps next year's Here. holiday season. Yeah, would you guys like that? Would you guys like that? I'm not giving like any say, points for that, Eric, but thank you. I take that to heart. It means a lot to me. Re really quick, just to state my curiosity, I believe I went three for three tonight, right? Yeah, you did. We're about to find out about the champion score. Has anyone ever done that before? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't feel special. Yeah, Michael Kent went four for four. Yeah. Eric. Well, he's a sorcerer, so... Something I never realized about your job is that you're pretty much the only person up here who has no idea what the score's going. Yeah, exactly. I can't see shit. I don't know who won. I can figure it out because I've been paying attention, but I don't see what's going on. I can't see what's going on there. Sarah's been doing her own thing. Sarah, we have to determine our champion of the night. Where are the champion scores at now that everything is said and done? Yes, yes. Uh, in last place is Eric with 11 championship points. Very well done. You've already, be, you've already accomplished your goal, Dustin. A score so good, good enough to win on some nights. That's true. That's true. Uh, next up is Tony with 12 championship points. 
Following just behind is Nikki with 13 championship points. I accomplished my goal, which was not winning, so that I could continue to score keep <laughs> in the future and that Eric wouldn't hate me. But our winner, after sweeping all three rounds and his uh, winning points actually dropped down, that really helped him a lot, is Dustin with 17 points. He is our winner. <laughs> We will be inviting Dustin Meadows back to defend his title in January. The January show will be uh, on the fourth Friday of January. <laughs> so the 24th, January 24th. Tickets are already available for that show and for the fourth Friday of the month for the rest of the year that we have next year. So get your tickets for the quiz box for 2019. Did you guys have a good time tonight? Yeah! Please go home and subscribe to this uh, on iTunes, Google, or Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. Just search for The Quiz Box. We are a podcast. Uh, we have a very wonderful uh, uh, producer, Kevin Hendricks, who produces The, the Quiz Box podcast. He makes sure that it's uploaded on time every time. He's really great. Uh, the more you subscribe, the better this show gets. So please subscribe to our podcast. And one more time for all of our guests tonight. Sarah J. Store scorekeeping. Nick Glasser hosting. Tony Steinbach, our new champion, Dustin Meadows. Eric Tate. I'm Nikki Winkleman, thank you guys so much. We'll be back Thanks next month. Out. Woo!